The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome back, everybody, to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's Major League Baseball podcast. Brendan Glasheen joined, as always, by Action Network senior writer Sean Zarillo, also Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. We are with you every Tuesday, which is today and Friday. We come to you with analysis and breakdown of the MLB slate. It's a full 15-game slate today. Gents, no day games to get to, so a lot of time to digest what this day has for us when it comes to the diamond, please, we encourage you to rate, review, subscribe uh, on the pod and give us your feedback. We appreciate those of you joining us out of the gate. We're about a month or so in now to the pod with all the previews that we had before the season. And we are well underway in the month of April. Sean Zarillo, I want to go to you first. And it made us look really good. At least baseball made us look good on Friday of last week because that under trend just continued to hit 12 and two the under last Friday after we went into uh, a a deep discussion about how well unders have performed in baseball. But are we getting the sense now that books are catching up with what's happening? Yeah, they have dramatically lowered the run totals. Our colleague Anthony DeBundo put out a good article on Monday highlighting the average total and how it has dropped substantially from the first 10 days of the season to the past five days and over this weekend. First 10 days, average total around 8.8. Now that included some games at Coors Field. So maybe closer to 8.7, 8.6, but it's dropped substantially. The past few days, closer to 8.1. And actually the past two days, or I believe just for Tuesday, the average total on the board is 7.9 across the 15 games that we have. So run scoring is down about 11% and books have brought the totals down by about 10%. I have had to adjust my model accordingly. But I think we're getting to a point where everybody realizes what happened, what's going on with the baseballs, what's going on with the humidors. Run scoring may eventually increase back over the summer, but right now run scoring is down. So there may actually be value on overs in the meantime, because books have adjusted these totals down so substantially. 
It's not something I'm super comfortable betting yet just because it seems like nobody is capable of scoring, but totals have evened out roughly over the weekend. It's come back closer to 500 on overs and unders. So I think you can start dipping your toes back into the overwaters. Colin Whitchurch, my my follow-up thought to Sean would be, is it is it really that surprising, though, with, with unders early in the season? You didn't have a full spring training. Weather's a factor. Sean laid out the other factors that might be as to why the, the games have been lower scoring. What's your overall thought on books adjusting at this point in the season as we make the turn for May at the end of this week? Yeah, I think it's a myriad of factors um, to answer your first question in terms of, of why this is happening. Shortened spring training, obviously uh, run, run, run totals are normally down early in the season in the colder weather. There's also humidors in all 30 stadiums now. And I'm curious what they're doing with the baseballs. We've seen MLB tinker with the baseball several times over the last couple of years. So is it, is it the shortened spring training and, or the humidors or are there other factors out there such as the state of the baseball? I'll be curious to learn that hopefully soon. It's, like Sean said, I'm I'm kind of cautious to start betting overs, but you know that even if run scoring stays down, you know that the unders trend isn't going to stay down because when it's all said and done, MLB is going to, or I'm sorry, the sports books rather are going to average things out. They're going to keep lowering those totals until we get to the point where it's as close to a 50-50 split as they can possibly get it. So I've, I've loved writing this under trend as long as it's gone, but I'm kind of becoming more and more cautious going forward just because I know that it's not going to last forever. And we may even see it start to even, I mean, we talked about Friday, 12 and two over the weekend, 1917 and two, it was four, two and one on Monday. So as they lower these totals, we're going to start to see it even out a little bit more. Lowest total on the slate is the latest game to start. A's, Giants at six and a half. And the two highest totals, Astros, Rangers, Dodgers, Diamondbacks at nine and a half runs on today's slate. Let's go to leading off. We'll look at some matchups of the day. Those three games not in our matchups of the day that we will discuss on this show. And again, when we have these big, big slates, folks, we, we can't promise we get to every matchup. We want to get to actionable games that Sean and Colin are invested in and games they feel strongly about. So that's what we uh, prioritize here on payoff pitch. I want to start with Mariners Rays, which we're still trying to gauge what the Rays are going to do. It looks like they're going to go to Whistler on the mound as, as an opener. Um, they start at 640. Mariners are plus 110 on the money line. Just looking at the Action Network app, the pro section of the app, Tampa Bay getting a lot of money uh, here. 95% of the money, 58% of the bets. Rays are a home favorite. Total set at seven. Sean Zarillo, how are you gauging uh, this one and how do you bet it? Yeah, this is an opener and a bullpen game for Tampa Bay. I projected the first five line at minus 132, the full game line at minus 137. So actually just bet both of those lines this morning when it came out would take them up to minus 127 for the full game and minus 122 for the first five innings. I am the guy consistently going against the Mariners. Nothing has changed yet. I know they've started out well, but they've also faced some pretty weak teams. So taking a step up in competition here, traveling from west to east, bunch of factors contributing to the Rays favoritism. 
And I generally find value on them on bullpen days. So give me the raise here in both halves. And uh, hopefully the Mariners start losing some games so I can cash my under on my season win total. Rays have won four of five, Colin. They've also won five of their last seven. Are you with Zerillo on this one? No. Zerillo, you know who has the best run differential in the American League right now, right? And who have they played? It is my Seattle Mariners, 10 and six Seattle Mariners. Hey, if we want to just talk about today, I don't know why we're not showing more respect for Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert's off to an amazing start. Our colleague, Colin Wilson, threw a Cy Young future on Logan Gilbert in the preseason. Big fan of his. He has shut down some good offenses. The Twins, the Rangers. Okay, so the White Sox offense might kind of suck right now, but Twins, White Sox, and Rangers so far this season. 15 strikeouts and 16 and two-thirds innings. Just one run allowed on one home run. I'm not sure why the Mariners are underdogs here. Honestly, this is going to be me once again drinking the Mariners Kool-Aid. I really like them at plus 110, particularly the first five innings against a bullpen day uh, for Tampa with a a budding ace on the mound. I'm all about Mariners plus 110 here. You're not seeing me and Zarello disagree on this podcast very often in the early going. This is one disagreement. Give me the Mariners tonight at plus money. I will say Golden Gilbert, the one root, arm in that rotation that I actually like. I think Matt Brash is getting a little bit overrated. He has zero command so far. Robbie Ray's velocity is still down. Do not think very highly of either Marco Gonzalez or Chris Flexen. So Logan Gilbert, if there's one starter in this rotation, I want to bet he would certainly be the one. He's plus 4,000 now to win the Cy Young Award. I mean, Colin, I'm not sure if you know off the top of your head what he's what his preseason number was. Um, I want to say it was maybe 7,000. I, I couldn't say with some authority, though. Okay, so he's moving up that board in the American League. So good on Colin Wilson. It's a wide open race in the AL, it feels like, oh too. My I God. mean, it is. I, I couldn't tell you who should even be the favorite at this point. Probably well, doesn't Kevin that, doesn't that reflect that there's just a lot of decent teams in the American League this year? Yeah, I'd say so. And I don't know if Cy Young's necessarily correlate to win percentage. I mean, you do need to get a certain amount of wins as a pitcher in order to get into voters' minds. But yeah, I would say the AL is pretty wide open. Uh, I mean, just look at the AL West and the AL Central. Those divisions have kind of flipped on their head relative to previous seasons. So I think we're going to get pure chaos and maybe two upset winners in those divisions. Yeah, decent, decent might be generous. Uh, all mediocre, five hundred teams, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, that that tends to change as we as we move along. Let's go to Red Sox, Blue Jays here in our leading off segment. Red Sox, uh, the bullpen imploded last night. Late, they got a tie game in the eighth inning and. Became 6-2 late in that game. So the Rays, the uh, the Jays, excuse me, got game one. You got Pavetta against Gossman tonight. Red Sox are plus 160 on the money line. Jays are favorites at minus 195 on the money line. Totals at eight and a half. Reading the action app now, Red Sox are getting 46% of the money, 24% of the bets. Sharp money coming in on Boston, Zarillo. Are you in agreement? Yeah, I bet Boston both halves here. Bet them in both halves last night. That was an unfortunate beat in the bottom of the fifth inning with the Gurriel home run. And then the full game under got quite sweaty. I was on the under eight and a half. And with that grand slam by Bichette in the top or the bottom of the eighth, I got real sweaty. Actually, the total had moved down from eight and a half to eight. So that was a very unlucky push if you ended up getting it at eight late. But I do like the Red Sox in both halves here. I looked at some heat maps for Nick Pavetta. He was great last year. Curveball not getting as much depth as it was last year. And fastball isn't getting quite as much rise as it was last year. Not in terms of the actual stats and movement, but in terms of where he's locating the pitch. So he's just been a little bit too middle of the zone 
or he's missing the zone entirely walk rate up a little bit early this year. But if Pavetta goes back to his expected metrics from last year, there's tons of value on Boston here. I know Kevin Gaussman has been great, but I made both of these lines closer to plus 145. So give me Boston on the road. You're going to keep finding value betting against Toronto because who wants to bet against Toronto? It's true. And Colin, I don't know. I mean, how do you bet? How do you bet on Boston, though? Their offense has been so lackluster here the last, you know, really all season. Yeah, I am not in the market of betting against Kevin Gaussman right now. We were just talking about American League Cy Young favorites. I think it's Kevin Gaussman right now. I don't know what the, the odds board says, but it, I think it should be Kevin Gaussman right now. We saw him do this early in the season, Sam Fran last year. And he has looked like the best pitcher in the American League in the early going in Toronto in three starts, 18 and two-thirds innings. He hasn't walked a batter. He hasn't allowed a home run. Um, Just phenomenal stuff. Obviously, you'll see some regression in both of those departments. But I don't have any interest in betting against Gaussman at the moment. The the way I'm looking for this game, I I totally understand Zerillo here that there is value on Boston. But I'm looking at the total, and I'm looking at the first five total here. Four and a half, um, paying a little bit of juice, minus 120-ish range. Um, But I do like Pavetta. I I think that he's going to be better than he was the first couple starts of the season, and Gaussman should be Gaussman for at least the first half of the start. So under four and a half is my recommended play for this one. Gaussman faced the Red Sox five days ago. That was his last turn in the rotation. Went eight innings, seven hits, one run. It was earned, no walks, eight strikeouts, 88 pitches. He was fantastic in that outing against the Red Sox. Um, And we'll start to see that, right? Especially when teams are playing divisional opponents, um, this is a big series for the Red Sox too, just if they want to hang around in the divisional race, they've got to get back at the, the Jays here for how they did not perform at Fenway Park. Again, this series in Toronto, game two of a four-game set. Let's go to Mets Cardinals. Got Bassett against Hicks. This is a 745 first pitch Eastern time. Mets are the favorite at minus 120. Cardinals, some plus money at home. Home dog at plus 100. The total set at seven. Uh, looking at the action app, signal uh, strength, the sharp money coming in on the Mets as a road favorite. Cirillo, any interest in uh, backing the Mets here on the road? Definitely not the Mets. If anything, I'm going to be betting the Cardinals here. Jordan Hicks looked great his first start in the rotation. Now he's only fastball slider, so I don't know how many times he can turn over a lineup. But he sat 99-4 on the gun for four innings of work, and his velocity carried deep into that start, which is very encouraging. So he can be effective just living at that velocity. Can turn over the lineup once or twice. I need probably closer to plus 106 in order to bet the Cardinals because I did project them right around even money. I do make them 50%, 50.5%. Uh, so it's Cardinals or pass here for me. Just concerned about Hicks' walk rate because if he racks up that walk rate or he racks up a bunch of walks first time through the lineup, he's not going to be in the game very long. What do you think, Colin? I, I'm a little bit more worried about Hicks than Zerillo is. I, I know he only allowed that one run in three innings last start or in his first start. Um, the two walks, the two hits, he had five swinging strikes and 46 pitches. His key to success in that game, and it was against a not pretty pedestrian Marlins offense, is he, he allowed six ground balls in that game. That, that's what saved his life. So I actually am on the Mets here and I'm on the Mets specifically in the first half. I think Chris Bassett remains one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. 
I think the Mets have a decent amount of patience in that lineup where they can scratch a few together against Hicks and whatever comes after Hicks. And I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is as close to a toss up as it is. You can get the Mets first half money line at around minus 110. Can't believe that Zerillo and I are disagreeing this much early on, but I, I like the Mets here at minus 110 first five innings. They've been, and the Mets have been fantastic. Altogether, they've been good, but on the road, right? They've played their eight and three on the road, uh, 13 and five overall. They've uh, they've won every series they've played this year. So the Mets are off to a, a good start, and they've they've shown up uh, they've showed up on the road. That's for sure. Um, some other games. Oh, look out! Uh oh, you think you're safe over there on deck, but you're really not. <laughs> some other games you want to discuss here on Payoff Pitch. Again, uh, we're breaking down the Tuesday slate, April 26th. Full 15 gamer, no day games to worry about. So you have plenty of time to take in this information and shop those lines and figure out how you want to bet baseball this evening. We come to you every Tuesday and Friday, Brendan Glasheen, Sean Zarillo, and Colin Whitchurch. Um, Colin, you want to hit on uh, a couple of games, including uh, a game that is a matchup in the AL Central Royals, White Sox. You want to also hit Guardians, Angels. What do you got for us? Yeah, Guardians-Angels I'll start with just because it's a matchup of two of my favorite young pitchers in baseball, Tristan McKenzie and Patrick Sandoval. We, I, I like to talk about post-hype prospects a lot, guys who didn't kind of burst onto the scene, exhausted their rookie eligibility, and people kind of just forget about them. They move on to the next top 100 prospect list and the next hot young thing coming down the road. Tristan McKenzie absolutely fits that bill. He was a surprise in the rotation in 2020 after years of injuries in the minor leagues. 2021, he was pretty bad, had a problem with the long ball, had a problem with walks. But I'm a buyer in him this year. He's, again, kind of had problems with the walks in the early going, but he has electric strikeout stuff. He hasn't allowed a home run yet this year. And Sandoval, I'm almost as high on as a – 25-year-old. He's a year older than McKenzie. He's made two starts this year, eight innings, and hasn't allowed a run yet. So part of me wants to eye the total in this one, but it's a little bit too low for my liking at seven and a half. Maybe the first five innings total at four and a half is probably the way I'm looking, although it is kind of heavily juiced at um, about 150 at FanDuel right now, but that's probably where my money is going to end up. I'm going to probably shop around still for the best line, but if you can get under four and a half for the first five innings, Guardians Angels between these two really solid young pitchers, that's probably that, that's where I'm headed in that one. Um, in terms of White Sox Royals, and I know Zarillo wants to talk about this one as well, likely it's Daniel Lynch against Dallas Keuchel. So we have two spots where we normally like to bet the White Sox versus the left-handed pitcher or against Dallas Keuchel. So that's what we have here today. And, and so that, that screams over to me, the White Sox offense has been putrid. They've lost seven games in a row right now. They beat up on Daniel Lynch twice last season, including I think his first or second major league start. They knocked him around for about eight runs and in, in like an inning, so if there's a get right spot for the White Sox, if there ever will be one, it's today. And I don't trust Dallas Keuchel to do anything right. So over at, I think, what was it eight and a half, nine and a half, eight, um, and a half. eight and a half on White Sox Royals. That That's a hammer spot for me. Over is juice to minus 120. You can get the under on DraftKings at plus 100. Sean Zarello, care to weigh, weigh in on Royals White Sox before we go to your two games that you want to hit on? 
Yeah, I'll take them in the same order as Colin, actually. Let me just start with Angels and Guardians because I have the same bet that Colin offered, which is the first five under four and a half. This total came down from eight and four and a half last night, sitting closer to seven and a half and four. So I think the value has been sucked out of the line, but I believe I'm on the right side. Love Sandoval's changeup generates a ton of swinging strikes with that. And McKenzie's command has been a little bit off. That's that's what gives me pause. His walk rate in the first half of last year was 18%, but command was supposed to be one of his better skills. Carried a 7% walk rate in the minors, high minors. Walk rate in the second half of last year, 7%. Start of this year, command a little bit off. He's throwing more fastballs, and I think he's just trying to hit the zone, trying to find his command early after a shortened spring training. So he seems to be a guy that takes a moment to get in the groove of his season. But I do like the first five under four and a half there. If you can get a minus 125, otherwise I'd probably pass because I think the value sucked out. Also in full agreement on the overs with the White Sox and Royals. The White Sox can put out nine right-handed or switch-hitting bats against Daniel Lynch. He struggled mightily against left or against opposite-handed hitting last season. Woba in the 350s, I believe against righties, under 200 against lefties. So he's somebody who needs to get left-handed bats in order to have a successful start. He's not going to get that today. Actually make the White Sox about 30% above an average offense against left-handed pitching. Last year, they ranked second against lefties in baseball. And the Royals have a similar split, not as dramatic, but I make them 4% below average against lefties. I think 6% above average, or I should say 4% below against righties and 6% above average against lefties. So both offenses far better against left-handed pitching. So over four and a half, first five innings there for me, and also over eight and a half for the game. Before we hit best bets, Sean Zarello wants to touch on two more games. The Brewers taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then we've got the San Diego Padres taking on the Cincinnati Reds. How are you playing each of these games, Sean Zarello? This is my pair of ugly underdogs for the day. Uh, Of the two, I certainly prefer the Pirates. Mitch Keller had a fantastic offseason, added a couple ticks to his fastball velocity. Coming in here, looking like a potential breakout candidate. He's also added a sweeper to his arsenal. I think there's some pitch classification issues going on, but he's changed his pitch mix as well. Not throwing exactly what he's throwing last year, even though the slider percentage looks about the same if you're just looking at pitch types. But I made the Pirates closer to plus 140 for the full game here. So like their money line down to plus 145. I know it's quite ugly. And then we're also going to take the Reds who nobody wants to bet. Uh, I like that down to plus 142 and the over eight in that game as well. The Reds offense has been the worst in baseball thus far. They rank 26th in plate appearances, but they're dead last in runs, which is kind of crazy because they're ahead of four other teams in plate appearances. They've been absolutely dreadful, but that regression should kick in eventually. Great American ballpark, traditionally about nine to 13% above league average in terms of run scoring environment, depending on what factors you use from the past three or four seasons. So offensive park, Reds do for offensive regression. Give me the Reds in the over. Poor Mitch Keller. He's 0-3, but his team, uh, they did get swept by the, the Brewers earlier in the year, but the Pirates, they're, they're kind of in it. They're 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, care to weigh in there, Colin, on each of those two plays by Zarillo, the two underdog, ugly underdog picks. I should mention Man. the Pirates' bullpen real quick, too, because they have oh, a yeah. bunch of they, – they have three very good relievers, and when they're fully rested and you give me a Mitch Keller, I think you can get a pitcher's duel for nine innings here. Maybe squeak out a low-scoring one. Zerillo, I stared at that Reds Pirates line for a really long time. You know, I like Reaver San Martin. Um, I think that he has a chance to have a pretty solid season, but I just couldn't bring myself to bet on the Reds right now. The Reds this year are going to be your new Diamondbacks. I know we were both on the Diamondbacks last night when they got 
complete game shutout by Walker Bueller. The Reds, we're going to be screaming for them to regress to a more average team for the next six months. And I don't know if it's ever going to happen with that lineup. I, I couldn't bring myself to side with you on, on the Reds. I I'm staying the hell away from that game. I, I, I do like, I, I like your pirates justification. I'm, I'm probably going to be on that as well. I think that that's they're They're a, they're a feisty little team in Pittsburgh so I'll be with you on that, but I'm I'm staying the hell away from the Reds for a well, while. the Diamondbacks. You're still my Diamondbacks, but the, yes. the Reds are the Reds are quickly entering that territory. No team has cost me as much money as the Reds this season. That is for snakes sure. slither together. <laughs> On to cleaning up best bets from Colin and Sean. Before we go, last episode the guys went two one and one. Colin was peer pressured into making two picks, and look at that. We still finished above 500 on payoff pitch. Six, four, and three record for the year, so we're above 500. Let's keep it that way. Zarillo, we'll start with you. Your two plays, your two best bets for today's slate. Well, I think Colin had the only wins there because uh, I had the Marlins' first five money line and spread, and they lost on a throwing error in the first inning by. You're, you were rewarded, tap. Colin Whitchurch. You were rewarded for taking a taking a stab at a second. Absolutely, play. It, was, it was Brewers, Phillies, Brewers, and someone first five under and full game under both hit. So I'm gonna go with the White Sox over eight and a half. I know we already talked about it, but both teams in better splits against left-handed starters than they are against right-handed pitching. White Sox significantly so, and they can trot out nine right-handed or switch hitting bats against Lynch, and he does not do well against right-handed bats. So the White Sox over eight and a half. I actually like that up to nine and minus 103, so there's some room to play that one. And then my favorite underdog, the Pirates, down to plus 145. I'm going to back Keller in the bullpen here against my Brewers, but I think this is a really good spot for the Pirates at home. Pirates are plus 150 right now on DraftKings. So. Yeah, like that. I actually got it closer to plus 160 last night, I believe, but there's definitely still plenty of room in that line. Not the first five line, though, just full game. All right, Colin Whitchurch, keep it rolling. What do you got for us? Best bets. Well, I do have two today, and it's because Brendan threatened me and he blackmailed me on Twitter into making two selections. So I feel forced here, but I'm feeling good about both of these. It's going to be another 2-0 night. Both of them are, are, are things we haven't talked about yet. We did talk about Padres Reds a little bit. I said I was staying away. I'm staying away from picking a side or a total. But one bet I really love is Joe Musgrove's strikeout total. In this one, it's actually not, it actually doesn't have a grade in our Action Labs props tool, which kind of surprised me. You can get over five and a half. It's a heavily juiced over five and a half at about minus 160. But Musgrove has been missing bats at an elite level this year. He hasn't gone under six strikeouts in any of his three starts. That includes um, a start against the Braves, a start against the Diamondbacks, decent offense, and last time out against the Reds, he had seven strikeouts, went 94 pitches with 13 swinging strikes. Now, Musgrove is a horse. He's one of those pitchers you don't have to worry about the Padres managing his pitch count, his innings limit. The fact that he went 94 last time, out means that he could easily hit that 100 pitch mark this time the the reds offense as as we have discussed has been miserable in addition to not scoring any runs they lead the majors in strikeout rate they might regress a little bit but i don't think it's going to come tonight against musgrove so over five and a half minus 160 for joe musgrove strikeout totals my favorite and then another game we haven't talked about is tigers twins and another rare over that I like in Eduardo Rodriguez against Chris Paddock. 
Rodriguez has had all sorts of command issues this year. Six walks in just 13 and two-thirds innings. The Twins offense started to heat up a little bit against the White Sox over the weekend. Chris Paddock isn't someone I trust at all right now. He gives up a lot of hard contact. He he just fires into the zone, essentially, and, and hopes to induce weak contact, but it hasn't happened so much this year. More than anything, though, this is a bet against Paddock and against Detroit's bullpen. I think that even if Eduardo Rodriguez is at his best, Detroit's bullpen is has a lot of question marks. Minnesota's offense can get to it, and I think Detroit's offense, which we saw explode over the weekend, they had um, a couple – they had like a 13-run output against the Rockies at home. It's, it's an underrated offense that's going to – going to keep progressing with all these young bats into the season. And then Minnesota's offense against Detroit. I love over at seven and a half in tigers twins. Those are my two best bets. I have to mention a strikeout prop real quick. Cause I just saw on the board of DraftKings. They have Mitch Keller over four and a half strikeouts plus plus one fifteen. Absolutely love that bet. <laughs> I can tell you it's some sharper books, some books that may not be in legal States. That is five juiced at minus 110. So over four and a half at plus 115. I projected this at five and a quarter. Action Labs has this projected at 4.9. That's a phenomenal bet. Mitch Keller over four and a half strikeouts. He's had four in consecutive starts to begin the year. His last start, he had seven against those Brewers. So uh, heading in the right direction. And by the way, Colin, you can get that number for Tigers Twins now at seven. So seven. Uh, yes. Seven. Love it even more. And okay. seven, always a key number. I like to remind people seven and nine, especially this year, seven are your key numbers. Brandon, you brought up that over six and a half of the Oakland game. Yep. Late in the night, that's going to be an over that I like to target. Getting these totals below seven is kind of uh, an almost a must bet over spot, unless you're getting two elite starting pitchers on the mound. So yeah, that over six and a half is probably going to be something I ended up adding. Excellent. And I didn't have to call Colin, Colin Francis, because he made, uh, <laughs> made two bets today. Okay. Thank you. But I just kind of did you. call you Colin Francis. You, you, so. you sure did. Yeah. Yep. That's an indirect <laughs> Hi, way. Hi, Dad. Get done. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for us today on Payoff Pitch. Tuesday's games, April 26th, 2022. 15 gamer. Hopefully you folks uh, found that insightful and you get uh, get some luck tonight in terms of uh, – how you bet tonight's games. Great stuff from Sean Zarillo. Also, also Colin Whitchurch, our Action Network senior editor, both of the Action Network. Brendan Glasheen will be back on Friday to break down the slate here on Payoff Pitch. Best of luck, and we'll catch you next time. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.